Hi, and welcome to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. We meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. at 584 Franklin Road in Franklin, Tennessee. You can find out more information on our website at koldodi.org or watch us live on our Facebook or YouTube by simply searching for Koldodi Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, we thank you for the time we're in. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Continue to speak to us in the remain this part of our service as we open your word. Gal enai, gal enai va'avita niflaot me Torahtecha b'shem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's continue to pray for Israel at war, and that chant Yachad. And obviously, for us as believers, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Messiah, through the Messiah, through, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, uh, Philippians 4.13, right? So, um, so the ground offensive did begin, and, you know, I really felt one thing we missed, they missed yesterday, and I wasn't in charge of it, you know, I couldn't, I don't, couldn't, we were there to volunteer to help. And it was a little, anyway, but um, I felt one thing that was missed was when we learned that the ground offensive had started, you know, and that word was, and I texted my cousin too, and she said, it seems that you're right, you know, back from Israel, that that's correct. And I asked her if that was the case. And, um, and I felt, gosh, we, instead of everyone had something to say, I felt we should have just stopped and been silent. And if I was in charge, that's what I probably would have said. Just stop and be silent and pray. You don't have to say anything. So let's do that now. Let's stand, and, let's stand actually for a moment in silence because people are on the truth. Maybe you could put a picture of, I can't see my slides. Okay, so one of Chaim. There you go, beautiful. That's Chaim. He is a messianic believer, a leader. We support him. Chaim Mailspin in battle right now. What's his, um, yeah, what's his, uh, the Aliyah Return Center, Aliyah Return Center. His family is there, so let's be praying for him and let's just stand in silence and pray, thinking of the men and women laying down their lives for the people of Israel, for the Jewish nation right now. Okay, maybe seated. In case there's any resolve, can I use this mic for a second? I'm gonna put something, I don't have this, I couldn't send it because it's too long a clip, it's a, it's a little over a minute, it's like too many megabytes, whatever, but this is from just a little interview with the former Israeli ambassador, 
um, of just an update, a war update, uh, and what he says here. And I, you might, I'll, I'll explain it if you can't hear it. His English, of course, is a little broken, but you know, it's not American English, so see if you can hear what he's saying. Oh, there we go. Once never works. There we go. One second. Let's try it again. There we go. Israel's Knesset and Israel's former ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Danone. Ambassador, thank you for joining us back here. Can you give us an insight into what is going on now? Is this that anticipated ground invasion? Kagan, we say that we will find them and we will hunt them down. That's exactly what we are doing now. And we expanded the ground operation uh, tonight, but we are still continuing to use the Air Force, the Navy, and we will not uh, sit idly by. We have to remember we still have 229 hostages, including 30 babies. We haven't forgotten the, the massacre. We haven't forgotten the, the rapes, the brutality, uh, burning kids alive. So yes, so we are now coming after Hamas. We will use the force of the IDF. We still encourage the civilian population in Northern Gaza to move to the south, they can still do that. There is an open corridor for them to move to the south, and we will do whatever is necessary, how long it will take us to find the terrorists and to eliminate them. So if you're saying that there's still time for civilians to leave northern Gaza, that seems to indicate that this is not the full ground invasion. Can you clarify? Uh, no, I cannot. I cannot go into specifics, but uh, I'm sending a message to the people in, in northern Gaza today. They can still leave the homes. About 80% already did it, and we encourage the rest to leave because they should not be human shields for the Hamas terrorists. And we, it would be a war in northern Gaza. But he said, basically, yeah, we'll find them, we'll hunt them down. The Air Force, Navy, the IDF, all working still together. He said 229 hostages there. Um, I know there's different numbers given, but, and as you know, including 30 babies still. We have forgotten, he says, we have not forgotten, we haven't forgotten the massacre, the rapes, the brutality, burning kids alive. We don't forget. Still encourage civilian population in northern Gaza to move south. Said, he said 80% have already done so. I didn't know that. And not to be human shields for Hamas. And basically he said, we'll find the terrorists and we will eliminate them. So that's the resolve Israel has right now. So you understand that's the resolve. No matter what the media says, no matter what they say, there's no peace without, there's no peace plan without the hostages being all returned. And as far as I think Israel's concerned, it's not, that wouldn't do it either. You can't, you got it. They still got to eliminate Hamas. You still got to eliminate. Uh, it's no question about it. So, um, so realize what's going on as we pray, all right? And that's, and uh, anyway, you learned the best schooling this morning in, in, in the Psalms of how to pray. So in Genesis chapter 12, if you'd turn there for a moment, Genesis chapter 12, we're now post-flood, post-mabul, post-flood. Noah and his family have been busy rebuilding and repopulating the earth. And here once again, perhaps 400 years later, God singles out a man a descendant of Shem, one of Noah's sons. And what's his name? Right, Abram, Avram, the future Avraham. Let's say Avram and Avraham. Avraham, beautiful, okay. Genesis 12, one. Go for yourself and 
I love the TLV, but I, this is one, several verses here. I don't, there's, I don't think it's translated too well. So I'm just going to go from, what, from the Hebrew here. But go for yourself. Lech lecha. Go for yourself. Go for yourself. Here it's translating get going from your land. But go for yourself. Walk. Move for yourself from your land, from your relatives, your closest ties. These are like concentric circles in ascending order of difficulty. And then he says, to the land which I'll show you. So here's faith required. He, God doesn't show him yet. He says, doesn't know exactly where. And he must, you said, you, he must trust the Lord, this God who's calling him for the benefits. And he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who curses you, singular there, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So it's quite a, quite a covenant here, quite a promise. And whenever you hear someone start cursing Israel, you know, a celebrity or something, you know, you always say, oh no, sorry, there, there you go, you're in trouble now. The origin of the Jewish people, though, is one of adventure and risk, of necessary discomfort facing the unknown. It wasn't easy or convenient. Rashi knows, notes the phrase, lech lecha, carries the weight of urgency. Go, go forth, go by yourself, don't hesitate, but go immediately. So this was abrupt, this was abrupt. Abram, Abram abandons his home, his birthplace, his family, his friends, and the security of his father's house, and even an inheritance. The Talmud says his family would actually try to stop him from serving God. We don't, it's not in scripture, but maybe that happened. Our, but our origins of faith or trust were not easy, but difficult your origins and mine as a faith family. Abram would ultimately travel 400 miles away from home. Likewise, the sign, the sign of the covenant in Genesis 17, circumcision, was not comfortable or convenient, but painful. So think about it. This is our origin, our spiritual DNA. This is our heritage as believers, all of us, whether Jewish or, or Gentile, and believers in Yeshua. Yeshua's call to his early dis Jewish disciples was of the same ingredients. So it's no different for us, is it? We count or consider all things lost to know him, right? Philippians 3, verses seven through 10, Paul says, I count all things but lost, scubalon, Garbage, really worse than that. Toilet trash, toilet, toilet stuff really is what it is. In Philippians 3, I count all things, Paul says, that in order to know him, I count it all. Loss. And Yeshua said, if anyone wants to follow after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. So again, we're not here to serve, be served, but to serve to give our lives a ransom for many, to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And so go to the land, he tell, God tells him, go to the land that I will show you of. What land? 
Why can't, God, why aren't you showing me the land now? You, your instructions lack clarity, God. You're not being specific enough for me. Some people would have a lot of problem with the way God gave instructions then. And he was, Abraham was in present day Iraq, by the way, and he left to go to Canaan, or what is now Israel. Uh, I like what, it was Rabbi David Chernoff who shared it, he said that his father used to teach this, it, share it this way, Psalm 119, 105, a verse that we all know and love, but I like, again, and you probably heard this, but just think of it afresh, your word, actually Amy Grant wrote it, your word is a lamp to my feet, no, she sang the song, right? <laughs> Thy word is what? A lamp to my feet and a light to my path, right? And so the lamp just, it's like you can only see, he was mentioning, you only see a few feet in front of you with the lamp, you know? It's only, you only see, you don't see way down the path, you just see a little bit down in front of you, in a little bit. And that's the way God leads us. He doesn't show us. We'd like him to show us the whole way. I, you know, actually, I, I don't think we would. <laughs> Maybe if he showed us the whole thing, if he showed us what was going on, you know, what was gonna happen, we probably would say, well, I'm not going, maybe, I, maybe I'm gonna, you know, this is, I don't know. But his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to my head. And God tells Abraham, I'll show you later, but I want you to go, you have to trust me. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, describes faith as, quote, having the courage to pioneer, to do something new, to take the road less traveled, to venture out into the unknown. Such is the fate of the innovators, he said. The people concerned, the people concerned had to face a barrage of criticism, disdain, opposition or disregard. You have to be prepared to be lonely, at best misunderstood, at worst vilified and defamed. Einstein knew it, the early Zionists knew it. Faith is not certainty, but the courage to live with uncertainty. I like that. Faith is not certainty, but the courage to live with uncertainty. And so it sounds like what Paul, what, not Paul, Paul, sorry, what the writer, we don't know who it was, the writer, the author of Hebrews wrote, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. Or a little further down, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. Yeshua is the author and the finisher of my faith in Hebrews 12, 2. And it comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, hearing the word of Messiah, Romans 10, 17. So I need his faith. It's really his faith. Faith of Messiah, Yeshua. And I think it's Galatians 2, 16 and 20. It's his faith, the faith of Messiah. I need his faith, the faith that he had and has in his father. That's the faith that I need, right? Think about it. Lech Lecha can also mean go by yourself or isolate yourself. So Hirsch says, here it means go for yourself, detaching yourself from all your previous connections. Another rabbinic source says, abandon your land entirely. Do not entertain the notion of ever returning to it. Isaiah 51, verse two, says this. Listen to me, I'll read from verse one. You who pursue 
justice. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For when I called him, he was one. Then I blessed him, multiplied him. When I called him, in the Hebrew it reads this way. It just, it just as one, achad, as achad, as one, I called him and blessed him and increased him or made him great gadol. Again, I repeat, as one, I called, as one, I called him. He was just one. And I blessed him and I increased or made him great. The lonely road. Think about it. The lonely road. Rejected of men. Isolated. Ostracized. I called, you, I called you alone. By yourself. You, not another. I love you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3. That's the verse I remember. I've shared the story before. When I first was saved, I first became a believer, I, I, and I went to, I remember, walked to a yard sale and I picked up this huge King James Bible, this old, I mean, really old, you know, leather, big leather. It was really like a, I guess, a family table Bible or something because I didn't have a, a Bible, like, with the whole Bible. And I picked it up at this yard sale and I brought it home and I, and it was, you know, the kind, and I, and I went and I, and I had read in the Bible or read in the New Testament where it said, when you pray, go into your closet. So, you know, because that was the King James Version. It was, just means go into a room. But I went into, so I found this closet and I went into a closet and I flipped it open and I, and I flipped it open in Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord has appeared to me from afar saying, yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have called you. And so I loved it. I said, thank you, Lord. You know, and that was my, take that as my promise, Lord. You found me. How did you find me, Lord? I wasn't looking for you, and you found me, God. And so many came to the Lord in that time, and so many of my Jewish classmates in my school, and we had so much great happening. The same school, by the way, Netanyahu went to when he was, he was five years before me at Cheltenham High School in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania. And um, about 2,000 students, 90% Jewish at that time. God says, I've called you, but he calls you alone. He calls you alone. I want you to think about that for a little while. It's a lonely road sometimes. You, you have to stand on your own. You have to stand on your own. But he says, I will increase you. I will add to you. But it starts with you. If you can't stand on your own, you won't stand. When the times get rough, when the winds blow, when the rains come, you're, you're, the house will fall down. You have to be able to stand on your own, strong with the Lord. You know, First Samuel chapter 30, verse, the story of Ziglag, where they, uh, David came back from, uh, from, let's see, came, they returned to Ziglag on the third day uh, that the Amalekites had made a raid and they had attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire and taken the women captive and the young, young and old Without, in this case, they hadn't killed anyone. They carried them off and went there captive. And David and his men came to the town. They had burned it with fire and the wives and the sons and daughters had been taken captive. And David and the troops with him lifted up their voice and wept until there had no more strength in them to weep. They were sobbing and crying. This was hard. They were devastated. They had been away and they had left unprotected their, their, their area and everyone had been taken captive. And including David's family and 
uh, Abigail, beautiful Abigail. And David was in a serious bind. He was distressed, it says. He's squeezed. He's confused and dis- compressed, com- compressed and squeezed in the Hebrew, it says in verse 6. For the troops were calling for his stoning. David's by himself. They're calling. They're blaming David for it. They said, David, why were you gone? They, were, and they, had, they needed someone to, to escape, someone to, to, to blame. Because they were all upset. They were all so bitter of soul. The troops were bitter of soul. It says, every man for his sons and his daughters, of course. But it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He turned to the Lord. He strengthened himself like some of the Psalms Gary and Liz were talking about this morning. Prayed, they prayed and cried out and God strengthened him. You turned to the Lord and then God he gave him direction. He inquired of the Lord and to the priests and they told him to pursue and they went to pursue and they ended up Tell, uh, telling them what to do, and, the, and you followed it, and they eventually recovered from the Amalekites. They rescued the people, and it says they recovered all. Remember, there's two phrases, two different words are used for, uh, for recovering, Natsal and Shuv. They freed the hostages, and the hostages were returned. Natsal and Shuv freed and returned the hostages, and uh, may, our, may our soldiers be able to free and return all the hostages. Amen. All the hostages. May all of them. David recovered everything. Let's pray that. Say that. David recovered everything. David recovered all. It says, verse 19. David recovered all. Verse 18. David recovered all. David, nothing was missing, whether young or old, sons or daughters, sport, anything else. Oh, God, may that happen. Lord, I know it seems impossible, but Lord, May we pray for recovery. We pray for recovery. We pray. There's a time of love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 8. And so, but David felt totally alone, totally alone, but he turned to the Lord. Rabbi Tzvi Nightingale said, for many years, Abram's life, Abram's life was filled with trials and tribulations. And there is Uh, And if there is any common theme in all these events, it's something more than arbitrary difficulties. It is difficulties of a particular variety, all associated with loss. In fact, his life, Abram's life, seems to represent loss, separation, and a breakdown of all that Abraham knew and cherished a life where everything that he came from and believed in was stripped away. Every goal, every love, every comfort, all of it was taken from him. Only such a man could be the cornerstone of a people that would be able to withstand the trials and tribulations that we Jewish people have endured for thousands of years. There is no other way that we would have survived our losses our losses of family, our losses of lives, of security, of homes, and of homeland without Abraham's ability to have lived through every one of these difficulties and still carry on. And not just carry on, but even flourish. Abraham planted this within our DNA, he says, as Jewish people. And so think about it, isn't that amazing? And so think about it. I would say, add this, and with us also as a faith family, whether you're Jewish 
or, or just not Jewish, but a believer today. Within, he's planted within us. God has planted that DNA within us as a faith family, grafted in among them and became partaker of the root of the olive tree with its rich, richness in Romans eleven seventeen. Those who have faith are children of Abraham. For you are all sons of God through trusting in Messiah Yeshua. And if you belong to Messiah, then you are Abraham's seed. Doesn't mean you're Jewish, but you're part of that olive tree, right? We're part of that faith family. So we have that DNA. We are here, he continues, he says, we are here today only because Abraham didn't buckle or break under his many tests. Tests that were crucial to create the man whose name was prophetically changed to Abraham by the end of the parsha, of the parsha, meaning Avhamon Goyim, a father of many nations, as indeed he became, the father of the Israelites, the Ishmaelites, and the spiritual father of Christians, of all believers. So Rabbi Tzvi says that by Nightingale says, by losing it all, Abraham became the biggest winner. Well, the Apostle Paul says the same thing thing exactly in Philippians 3 7 and 8 whatever things were gained to me those I've considered as loss for the sake of the Messiah more than that I consider all things to be lost in comparison to the surpassing value of the knowledge of Messiah Yeshua my Lord because of him I've suffered the loss of all things and I consider them garbage scubalon mentioned before what the word really means in order that I might gain Messiah we have within us that DNA this morning. We, have a, we, have, we are called alone. We are called with a call to serve, not be served. We're called with a, with, with a, to, to, to walk by faith, to trust God. We're called to step out into the unknown and to have courage, to, have, uh, to trust God. Abraham would end up in chapter 13. I'll close with this. I just want to mention this in chapter 13 where the shepherds, Verses 5 through 18 of Abraham and Light have a conflict, a clash of interests over their business and living environment. They weren't able to stay together, it says, verses 6 through 8, a quarrel between their, the shepherds. And so Abraham says to Lot, please let there be no strife between me and you or between my shepherds and yours since we are relatives. We're called to be peacemakers Diffusing the emotions, preventing violence when we can in situations like that. That's true. I've done it in sports recently even and seen it happen. We had it happen, as I said, a little bit at the rally yesterday. There could have been, it almost erupted in violence, but you, we, there was a way to, to avoid it, and it was avoided. And Abraham is the example of this because he, instead of what could have been a huge uh, violent result the separation he said Abraham says let Lot choose I'll let God choose for me communicate your concerns if there's a big thing express your convictions but the listen the answer to conflict is condescension humble yourself and God will exalt you he'll bless you Abram valid, valued unity and peace over possession and power. The answer to dissension is condescension. The remedy to the conflict, in this case, 
was compromise, to strife was servanthood. And if we trust God and let die to ourselves, God will add and bless. And he may have others fight for us in many cases when that happens. That's what happened with Abraham there. But it's an amazing story in chapter 13. But I want us to really, and, and the best verse to go along with that would be Philippians chapter two. If there's any encouragement in Messiah, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit, any mercy and compassion, make my joy complete, being of the same mind, having the same love, united in spirit with one purpose. Do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourselves, looking not only out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in the Messiah, Yeshua. And if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. If you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Matthew 23, 12, Yeshua said. So Lord, we thank you today for our heritage. We thank you for the origin of our faith, Lord. Abraham, following you, hearing that call, lech lecha, hearing that call to go, to trust you. We thank you, Lord, that he responded and became the father of our faith, whether we're Jewish or whether we're Gentile and grafted into the olive tree, the Jewish olive tree, faith olive tree of Yeshua, our Messiah, the Jewish people, Israel. We thank you, God, that we have that DNA in us today, Lord, that we're, we're uh, called alone, but, but you add to us, Lord. You add as we stand with you and follow you. And we thank you, Lord, for this amazing calling. If you've never trusted Yeshua, you've never invited him into your heart, made that decision, do it right now. This is the opportunity. This is the most important decision you'll ever make, saying yes to God, humbling yourself, saying, Lord, Lord, I wanna know you. God, I wanna have this relationship with you. Save me. Come into my life right now. Lord, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Give me this new start. And if you're praying that prayer, there'll be someone up here coming up that you can pray with after. You can come up and pray with someone up front right, right now as we close the service. Or you can write us if you're watching online. Just contact us and we'll contact you back. Let us know you, made, you trusted Yeshua. You invited Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, God into your life to have a new start. Great people to pray with. If you're right here this morning, if you need healing, you listen, God can heal you. God does miracles. He's still doing amazing miracles today. He's a living, active God. He is right here, present right now. So these amazing people that are right up here can pray with you. They, they have seen miracle after miracle. You might need healing. You might need just a breakthrough in something in your life. Don't leave without, if, if your heart's broken, burdened, you're, you just, please don't leave without taking advantage of that. us and keeps us 
The Lord makes his face to shine upon us and is gracious unto us. The Lord bestows his favor upon us and gives us his peace. Amen. Beshem Yeshua. Ah. Uh...